0: Listening is cool and all, but watching gives you so much more. See the players' real-time reactions, flub-ups, and all the snark that intern Alan Smithy can dole out on the running commentary. Only at Balderdash Academy's YouTube channel.
1: The following podcast was recorded during the coronavirus pandemic. Audio qualities may vary among performers. and welcome to balderdash academy i'm your headmaster bob leblanc joining me as always is our faculty head of english language arts molly mcgill
0: so good to see you all again
1: head of guidance mr nate green hello again i am still here head of homec and wellness marie stewart Harmon.
2: hello friends and neighbors
1: and our reigning champion Coach, Steve Corning. Let's go Dashers! What's
3: up?
1: (laughs) Our visiting professor today is David Hanwright, performing and visual arts teacher at Thornton Academy, artist, actor, carpenter, board member of the Maine Drama Council, state representative for the New England Drama Council from Maine, comedy playwright and artistic director and co-founder of Maine Repertory Theatre, an improviser, with the Chamber of Comedy. There's more. Is
4: there more? There's
3: there's a lot more.
4: more. President of the Galactic Council. (laughs) And one hell of a guy.
1: (laughs) So Dave has agreed to be our scorekeeper tonight while our faculty competes for the coveted reigning champion banner. They will perform a series of challenges at the end of each challenge. Dave will assign points to the competitor he feels is most worthy. He's not looking for the correct answer, but the best answer. The points are arbitrary and can be given to anyone for any reason. At the end of the show, the faculty member with the highest points total will be named the reigning champion again. Our current reigning champion is Coach Steve Corning.
5: That's unbelievable. I I totally forgot I won because uh, I never expected it to happen.
4: You're not alone. (laughs) You are not alone. (laughs) All
3: right.
5: (laughs)
1: That sounds means that sound means it is now time for our pop quiz. Our first pop quiz is from Professor Molly McGill, English Language Arts. Molly,
0: thank you, Bob. Faculty, it is so wonderful to see you all again. David, thank you for joining us. As you all know, we start our meetings off with a trivia word. So today, I will read a trivia word. And our faculty will tell me what they believe this word means, David. And then I'm going to have you choose which one you think is the best. Our word of the day today is Ascoslia. Ascoslia. Today's word is Ascoslia. Marie. Marie.
2: Yeah, oh, uh, absolutely. Um, it is a certain type of cush cushion made for um, uh, therapeutic couches. Um, the Asclosia, it cups your your gluteus maximus in such a way that helps your spine stay straighter rather than slouching
0: into your couch. Recommended by doctors everywhere. Don't want to slouch in the couch? No, ma'am. Steve, Coach Steve, what do you got?
5: Well, as you guys know, I... Uh... I try to think of myself as a, uh, a, a stylish dresser, um, and you know, you've seen me wear all sorts of things around my neck. That sounds—that sounds suggestive, but it's not. I've worn necks and <laughs> I've worn necks around my neck. I've worn neckties. This uh, is going bow ties, really well. <laughs> um, you know, I've worn bandanas that kind of fall <laughs> off your head, and you wear it around your neck for a little bit. Uh, that sort of thing. Uh, but one thing I have never actually gotten into are, of course, ascots. Um, and ascots, the reason I've never tried them or dabbled in ascots, as they as they say on the street, is uh, it, wearing them too often could cause ascoslia. Um, it's a terrible disease where your your neck uh, starts to look hideous without an ascot on it. Ascoslia.
0: Escolia, great. Oh, Thanks. that's
5: sorry. I, yeah, that word. Thank you. That,
0: that's all right. It's an Ascot disease. I love that. Exactly. A disease caused by Ascots. Just traumatic, really. Nate.
4: Uh, uh, Asclia uh or Escoslia, depending upon your regional diurect. direct, dialect, dialect, <laughs> Uh It is. Uh,
5: it's the actually a sailing diurex.
4: term, and uh, uh, it's it's used. First came into. Uh, use in, like, the six, fifteen, sixteen hundreds, 1600s, I think, uh, and it's uh, a term for ghost ships, uh, so ships that have been known to have sank, however, they're still seen floating the waters in the mist, um, and uh, the recent governmental findings have kind of been released recently through FOIA, and uh, there was one notice as recently as, I believe, a month ago, Um but it's not getting a lot of uh, attention because you know it's not a lot of cruise ships right now. Ascoslia. Ascolia, great ghost That's what I said. ship.
0: That's we're, we're so
4: Lea. close every time. Thank
0: you, Nate Bob. ascolia.
4: Well,
1: you know, as headmaster of the school, I see a lot of medical issues come down the pike, and this happens to be one of them. Ascoslia is when a person denies cause and effect. Ascolia is when a person believes that something can happen without a root cause. A uh, spontaneous event, if you will. We see this a lot in parents, specifically with students who are perfect at home, but monsters at school.
0: Yes, thank you. Spontaneous events from Bob. Ascolia. So, David, we have Ascolia from Marie being a cushion that uh, hugs the buttocks um, from coach Steve we have a neck disease caused by wearing too many ascots or wearing them too frequently. from Nate we have ghost ships roaming the seas and from Bob we have spontaneous events. David hmm what do you think
6: Well you I like the best. you know I, I know the root word in there sounds like ass. But to be honest with you, it is about ghost ships because I'm an ancient ghost ship theorist. I, I didn't know you know that. So you I'm going to award Nate 14 oh, rupees. Oh, no. It's, it's starting early tonight, 14 guys.
5: rupees. You know it's going to be a bad night when Nate gets the first points. <laughs> well, uh-huh.
3: <laughs>
0: yet again, faculty, you have not studied... Uh, the oh. words I have given you before today's faculty meeting. And I'll have you know that a scolia means a sporty dance in which the dancer hops on one leg on a greased wineskin. Something that we should all practice.
1: I often hop on greased wineskins.
0: We, well, we knew that about you, Bob.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing greased wineskins.
6: <laughs> Thank you.
1: There you go. All right, well, Our first game is called Four Questions. Um, So on three occasions, Dave has visited uh, Stratford and London, England for workshops with the Royal Shakespeare Centre. So in honour of our visiting professor, we have four questions about Shakespeare. Whichever one of our faculty members gives the best, not necessarily the correct, but the best answer, Dave will award points. Our first question. According, uh, what term was coined by George Bernard Shaw to illustrate the reverence held by many Victorians for anything Shakespeare? What term was coined by George Bernard Shaw to illustrate the reverence held by many Victorians for anything Shakespeare? Mer- uh, Molly, what do you have?
0: Haas all right, so they were just so overcome with emotion. It's more, it's not so much of a, it, it is a term, but it's not so much of something you use in conversations. It's, it was more of a guttural reaction. You know, there would be something so moving on stage and, and they were all just watching it together and there was just an, an audible, <laughs> and they just, it, it just moved them and that became the term and it just stuck.
1: Pfeffer. Hassenfeffer, can you repeat the question one more time, Bob? Sure. What term was coined by George Bernard Shaw to illustrate the reverence held by many Victorians for anything Shakespeare? Marie.
2: Um, thy powdered nose is up. Um, in the Victorian time, there was the 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 royal family. The ro- they had. They white, the powdered their faces and had a very pale complexion. And um, to the rest of society, in order to try to maintain that authoritarian royalty, they would powder their noses. Now, this is a very different thing today, but back in George Bernard Shaw time, thy, n- thy noses powdered up is the phrase.
1: Thy noses powdered up which was also popular in California in the 80s. Nate, what do you have?
4: Uh, GBS came up with uh, a shackle pie, um, and which is really, it, it was a kind of a term of endearment um, because pie was very big. You know, meat pie, uh, uh, p- pumpkin pie, um, cutie pie. They had a lot of different pies, and... Um, So everybody loved him. There was one for everybody, even a vegan pie, I'm sure. Um, And uh, everybody loved Shakespeare. Um, The best thing to do, uh, it kind of morphed into Netflix and chill, is is to have a a pie while watching Shakespeare. And and he just came up with a a shackle pie because it was like you were shackled in to that Shakespeare with your pie. Shackle pie.
1: So instead of Netflix and chill, you have shackle pie with my meat pie.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: That
5: works. Steve, what do you have? Um, you know, this is uh, not a super common phrase here today, but you might hear it uh, occasionally, um, and it has kind of stood the test of time. It's, of course, this homie on fleek. Um, now, our, our our boy, Georgie boy, Shaw, mm. uh, you know, he, he knew a lot about Shakespeare. He knew about how... Uh, his countrymen felt about shakespeare and he really wanted to coin a phrase that would last generations and and so such a moving phrase that um <clears throat> it would kind of disappear for for uh decades only to reappear spontaneously um so this homie on fleek is uh of course coined by george bernard shaw
1: shakespeare <laughs> coined a tons of terms why not george oh, yeah, bernard course, shaw yeah. So, Dave, we have Molly with Hassenfleffer. we have Marie with thy powdered noses up, we have Nate with Shackle pie, and Steve with Dishomeon Fleek. How would you like to score that
6: um well I, Steve, i I have to tell you i I don't think it was Shaw that coined something <laughs> oh yeah let me let me I check my notes missed, here. You missed that. Um, he did in fact have a penchant for noses, so um, Marie's winning five gold bars. Ooh,
5: Marie, five gold, gold
3: bars!
6: Five gold bar. What's the exchange
3: Which rate I'm...
5: on that?
6: Uh, it's it's about the same as the rupees.
5: Okay, about the So same. there you Perfect.
1: go. All right. So the actual answer was bar dolatry. Bar So we have a multiple choice question. Uh, You can throw out any answer. Could be the right one. Here we go. In the 1956 movie Forbidden Planet, loosely based off The Tempest, they introduced what sci-fi staples? In the 1956 movie Forbidden Planet, loosely based off The Tempest, they introduced what sci-fi staples? Steve,
5: what do you got? uh, Yeah, it's uh, Jar Jar Banks. Um, A lot of people think uh, Jar Jar Binks, Jar Jar Binks was, of course, created by George Lucas for the film uh, Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace, Uh, but it actually predates that by quite a long time. And uh, Jar Jar Binks was kind of a, a mistake that had been made over and over throughout the decades by sci fi directors, Jar Jar Binks.
1: Science fiction worthy mistakes. Marie, what do you have?
2: Um, this is a, this this occurred because they had lost several people when they tried to take their ship out into an actual hurricane um, to try to recreate the storm that the boat washes up on or during. Um, so they decided, you know, maybe we shouldn't let any more of our crew and actors get killed out in a hurricane. So they created the very first inside thunderstorm. Mm.
1: Inside Thunderstorm. Mm -hmm. Great, great guess. Molly, what do you have?
0: Uh, Well, uh, those are both wonderful guesses. Um, However, it was actually... Uh, a bunch of writers and sound tech were sitting around one day, being like, "Look, it's this, this, these, these gunfights are not going the way we want them to. They don't have the impact they do. They don't have the emphasis. They're not making, they're not moving people. What do we need to do?" And they came up with the pew 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 guns, uh, as they call it in the industry, sci-fi in particular, the pew pew guns.
4: <laughs> pew pew for you and you and you, Nate. What do you have? Actually, I um. I agree with Molly's uh, pew-pew gun theory, uh, because I think that, uh, the, the you know, the lasers were what started. Um, but I, I need to go with something different, because I hate taking her side. Uh, you so, don't want to steal her
1: pew-pothesis.
4: Exactly. Um, so I'm going to say it's mm-hmm. uh, nobody can hear you scream in space when scientifically, yes, people can hear you scream in space. But there's just nobody there to hear it. It's like if there's a tree in the woods, can anybody hear the tree talk? If nobody's there, you know? So if a tree
1: talks in the woods, can anybody really know if you're hallucinating? Exactly. All right, Dave, you have Steve with Jar Jar Binks, Marie with the first inside thunderstorm, Molly with the pew pew pew, and Nate with no one can hear you scream how would you like to score? Well, how would you like to score that?
6: I, I, you know, I, I love Nate's, Nate's answer, but he he should have sided with Molly because pew pew guns are yeah. our thing. And, I agree. Um, pew pew. Sh- sh- I'm going to give her five gold bars as well. Thank you, sir. Five gold bars. The answer, there were a couple
1: of answers. I would have accepted any of them. The first, it was the first science fiction film to depict humans traveling faster than light in a starship of their own design. It was the first to be set uh, entirely on another planet in uh, uh, interstellar space. Uh, It was the first film with an entirely electronic musical score. And, uh, of course, we, we can't forget Robbie the Robot, First robot with a distinct personality and bane of Lost in Space. So the next question. In eighteen ninety, American Bardolator Eugene Schifflin decided to do what? With every kind of bird mentioned in Shakespeare. In eighteen ninety, American Bardolator Eugene Schifflin decided to do what? With every
4: kind of bird mentioned in Shakespeare, Nate, what do you have? He he went out and found each one of those birds. He then uh, captured them, had them taxidermied, and cosplayed them as Shakespeare. Cosplay poultry. Yep. All
1: right, Marie, what do you have?
2: Um, it, he, The first part of Nate's answer was correct, in that he did go out and find every single one of one of these birds, um, instead of, you know, taxidermying them and stuffing them, he just took one single feather and from each of these individual species of birds, that feather is now part of the original Shakespeare folio um, referenced where the bird is referenced.
1: All right. So it's included feathers and all.
5: Uh, Well, near
2: the original folio.
1: (laughs) Near the original.
5: Um, I, th- I think, if I remember correctly, our boy Eugene um, famously uh, went out into the wild and <clears throat> all the various places where these birds are from, went and found these birds, enjoyed uh, their song, enjoyed everything about them, and then went home and wrote a Yelp review about each one. Mm. Yelp
1: review? Mm flamingo zero stars would not recommend molly what do you have
0: um so what he actually did was he was a uh, gastronologist and um really, loved gastro- <laughs> really gastronomer.
1: love gastron gastronomer gastronomer that's when you look in this belly with a telescope hoping to find
5: the sun during a colonoscopy <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's a he's a He's a butt doctor. He's a proctologist.
4: No. (laughs) This fecal matter looks like Orion's belt.
0: Wrong Eugene. Wrong Eugene. Uh, But no, he was, uh, he really loved food. Okay and uh so these birds are very exotic very unique the the really interesting thing about all of them is that they have different size colored and um uh, textures of eggs so he went out collected each one put them in a little basket brought them home to his husband and his husband then whipped up the world's best omelet you've ever had wow collected all of their eggs
1: for an omelet now the, uh, the correct answer is he actually imported them all to America. Uh, Molly was very close. She just deviated into food rather than uh, invasive species. That's Dave, how would you idea. like to
3: score?
6: Um, <laughs> I should have done that first, right? Um, uh, I'm not sure Yelp. I think Yelp was a George Bernard Shaw thing. Oh, god damn it. You're right. I mixed him up. And, and uh. Nate is right on with cosplay. That was exactly it. All right. How would you like to score that? Um, It wasn't the best round, so I'm only going to give him two gold bars. (laughs) Two gold bars with his
1: 14 rupees. Mm -hmm. All right. The final question. Even though there was no standard spelling for the English language in his time, Shakespeare never seemed to do what correctly? Even though there was no standard spelling for the English language in his time, Shakespeare never seemed to do what correctly. Steve, what do you got?
5: Um, Describe a colonoscopy. He tried on many occasions. Uh, We mentioned this earlier, much ado about nothing. Uh, There's that whole colonoscopy scene. um, And he really struggled to kind of grasp the concept of um, future technology for putting a camera up a man's ass. Um, and it's, it's disappointing because you know, doctors, there could have been, there could have been years of doctors having this knowledge of Shakespeare just had just figured it out. Um, you know, he would send tree branches up there. He would send snakes. Uh, he would send, you know, the hand of an old woman, um, but never a camera. And uh, unfortunately, you know, that really kind of stunted the development of of uh, medical equipment for for generations.
1: Gives a new meaning to the phrase, something wicked this way comes. <laughs> Nate, what do you <laughs> nice. have?
4: Well, uh, so there was no standard English, you know, spelling. But there were agreements uh, kind of. Um, social norms and one that's been around forever is there, there, there. they the, you know the different variations that he could, just couldn't Home get man. it right. Yeah, uh, he just couldn't get it right. Um, that and isn't uh, like basically when there's supposed to be an apostrophe, he didn't get it and he just blamed it on allergies. Damn allergies. Strong
1: All finish. Right. Molly, what do you have?
0: Um. You know, it was, it was a, a real struggle for him, uh, something that he did not like to have people point out, um, but people caught on and uh, he was ridiculed in the street, um, he was kicked out of bars, um, he was disowned by the brothel, um, and uh, it was really disappointing for him. He actually went into a very, very deep depression because of this. And it was the fact that he could never spell his name correctly. Um, every time he wrote it down, it was a different spelling. And people would be like, wait, is this by Shakespeare? Dude, is this you? And, you know, he'd have to be like, yeah, it's me. What do you mean? He's like, well, you spelled it E-A-R here. And then you spelled it A-I-R here. So, And then so it was a it was a tough time.
1: Could not spell his name correctly. Got him tossed out of the brothel. Marie, what's your answer?
2: Um, well, sometimes he spelt it correctly and sometimes he didn't. Um, it's one word specifically. O-V-E-R. And sometimes he would just leave out the V and people would be like, am I supposed to go O-er? <laughs> uh. So people weren't sure if they were supposed to go over there or they were supposed to go O-er. That's but... The iambic pentameter eventually caught on, and we now know how to pronounce it correctly. But of the time, people were very perplexed.
1: All right, so like the first text speech. Yeah. It takes too long to type that letter, I'm not putting it in. So, uh, we have Steve with describe a colonoscopy, Nate with trouble with homonyms, Molly with having trouble spelling his own name, and Marie with... Forgetting to put in letters, the correct answer was Molly. Yes, he had trouble spelling his own name correctly. Sure did. So, Dave, how would you like to score?
6: Well, I I knew the answer to that, um, and when Molly piped in, I was I was very happy. So, I'm going to give Molly ten gold bars, but I'm going to give Marie. Five rupees because she used the word iambic pentameter. Wow.
0: I saw that.
2: Is that so, one word cool. or two words?
6: Um use the two words together. Cool. I was iambic. genuinely curious. The, the 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 term.
2: Cool. Thanks.
1: So at the end of this uh segment, we have with no points our reigning champion Steve Corner. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> With 10 points, Marie. <laughs> we have Molly with 15 and in the lead with 16 points, former reigning champion, Nate Green. Dave, welcome to Balderdash Academy. Woo! Well, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So, as we read your accolades, it's just some of the things that you do, you seem to have a lot of hyphens uh, <laughs> with your job description. Yep. Um, so, as a uh, as a carpenter, as an actor, as a fine art painter, um, Shakespearean studies, uh, renovation, model airplanes, aviation, World War II aviation, history in general, fishing, outdoors, shooting. What? is the one thing that you love to do every day what's the one passionate thing that you just need to get behind
6: I I don't do anything without a good cup of coffee Uh,
0: do you have one now um
6: well I'm not gonna I may have a uh, something that might resemble one but um so I always start the the day walking
4: the dog walking the dog
2: Do you bring coffee on your walk?
6: Sometimes, yes, I do.
4: How do you take your coffee?
6: Uh, Cream, no sugar. How do you take your dog?
4: Uh, She's brown.
1: (laughs) So no cream or sugar? No. So you've been an educator for 25 years? 27, 28 years? 26. 26 years, I was close. Um, And you ended up taking your kids to England. I mean, you visited the Globe Theatre, you visited
6: Stratford? Right, three times. I've taken three separate groups of kids.
1: What was it like wrangling the high school kids on a histo- at a historical occasion, um, particularly overseas? It wasn't really
6: that hard. I mean, we handpicked kids that technically could afford to go, so they were all, you know, they weren't the kids that you'd be worried about. Um, yeah. I think the best thing about the trips is that most of them have graduated so it's like, oh, you're going to be my one of my best friends one of these days. So I have a lot of friends that I've traveled with. They just happen to be younger than me. That's all. And I mean, we work together
1: for uh, at the Chamber of Comedy. We work together at Main Repertory Theater. And I know that we've all noticed that you have a, a large number of former students. At sometimes half the audience could be former Dave kids. Uh, so... You, you obviously um reach out you obviously hold a special place in their hearts um this is going to sound weird but as a non-educator yes it's a fake school uh is it is it difficult to set up that relationship is it difficult to set the boundaries when they're in school and then have those boundaries open up once they get out of school yeah how do you do that
6: i i I don't know. It's like asking a jazz musician to explain jazz. Um,
5: uh, there you go. Why do you do that for us, actually? Because <laughs> yes. I, I still don't understand.
3: Um, <laughs> I,
6: in my head, I'm like 26, you know, and then I look in the mirror or on Zoom, and I'm like, who the f- <laughs> is that, and what did you do with my body? Um, I, I don't know. I don't... Some teachers treat kids like kids. I don't I don't see they're just younger than me. That's that's about it. I'm I'm more of a coach than a teacher, sort of a I don't know. Yeah. That... yeah.
0: Yeah. How would you first get into theater?
6: Um, well, I've always kind of been a the theater guy, mm-hmm. but um more through teaching. I mean the the very first year I started teaching, I kind of got abducted into Uh, doing the tech work because of my
4: carpentry skills but did you not start as uh in the theater as a teacher
6: as a theater teacher no my my undergrad degrees in painting i'm a fine art bfa in painting Maine college of art so studio art no and i thought oh i'd be a teacher and that could pay the bills while I was an artist, you know, drinking small coffee and wearing a beret and staying up all night. Where
0: is your beret right now?
6: What's what's that? No, I'm not a beret guy. Sorry. No. Um, (laughs) And I like a big cup of coffee, not the little tiny (laughs) one. But, uh, you know, also have three kids that we raised. So you can only do so many things and raise a family. So
1: Says the guy with a list of jobs <laughs> <laughs> I,
4: I like to be busy. I'm like my mom so you you'd went on three international trips with high school students. did you find uh did the kids adapt well to travel like was there a language barrier when you got over there in England? No.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah, I mean, because like when you say put on your boot. Um, that's a little different. I mean, that's kind of mafia speak over there. Well,
6: when you go to Canada, that means boat. So. Oh. We, did it, we, did it, uh, we had a, um, had one, our first trip, um, we lost a kid for a little while. That was going to be my
0: question.
3: Um, we all,
6: we all left the restaurant and he was in the bathroom and we didn't know that. And, uh, after about half an hour, we're like, where's Aaron? And we, I went back and there he was.
4: Thank God it's an island.
6: Yeah. Just
0: at the bar. That, yeah. was, <laughs> yeah,
6: that was in London. Um, but he he survived. He's actually a... Um, just He graduated from... Uh, uh, he went to Chicago. He's actually a playwright and an actor. Doing pretty well. Shout out. And
3: another That's girl
6: a- that went on that first trip, uh, Josephine Cooper, she just finished her first tour... Uh, as a lead in finding Neverland, so yeah. Look at you! And we were in the Globe and she sat up on the stairs, and we were we saw uh, much ado about nothing, and Eve Best was was Beatrice, and she sat down right next to Josephine, and was talking with her in the scene, and everyone had a great time. We saw Patrick Stewart as the Merchant of Venice. Nice, incredible, wow.
3: Sir.
1: so you've taught playwrights you have professional playwrights as former students but you're a playwright yourself uh, okay. we've seen your work Maybe you've seen your plays.
3: okay oh, how about this you. how about well, I, this I you
1: up. you you write 30 to 10 minute plays or 30 to 10 minute sketches
6: right yeah, my my plays tend to get long but that's all right because i think in terms of of uh you know um sequels that i build in so what are you what are you gonna do yeah i right. started a, a 10 minute radio show and it turned into an hour and a half and i had mm-hmm.
4: to air it back down a little bit you wrote the um the one act that your school did this year that
6: uh yeah, this year and, yeah um and i don't well, really like to that? do that
4: no Kids would you mean. do it again um yes
6: nah. um Without i've done you- I've done a few cuts of Shakespeare. We've done really well with, um, so, and that's, that's kind of a challenge, but that's interesting to cut a full length Shakespeare show down to 40 minutes. i we've won a few gold medals with, with Shakespeare. So
0: nice. What are the biggest challenges in, uh, wrangling kids for drama being a drama teacher?
6: Um, lately Mm -hmm. and you know, it's, my clientele has changed dramatically since when I first started teaching from 1994 to now. The teenager is a different person and it's the internet. Um, Everything they want, everything instantly, instant, instant, instant. I don't want to work at it. I just want it really quick. And they never stop talking. The theater kids are the most social and they never stop Ever. So, I can't tell you how many times I yell at them to be quiet when I'm trying to give them notes between scenes or something. It just, they never stop.
4: Has that always been a, no. a struggle or is it just with the new? No,
6: it's just, it's, there's a, the kids are new, the new, yeah. the new kid. The what's your favorite,
3: kid.
0: What, what's your favorite production you've ever done? And would you do it again? And why?
6: Oh, that's a huge question. Yeah. Um, like a straight play or a musical ooh, I don't know exactly. your choice,
0: I guess I mean, because people uh, have preferences i
6: we did We did Phantom one year, and the show was great. I absolutely hate the show, <laughs> and the tech work was so hard. I had to be on stage, um, but people talk about that show for some reason oh nice I, that's that's the flip side. I think one of my favorite productions i 've done in the past 10 years was, um, the crucible. It was, the cast was stunning. They were just incredible. Um, and our town, we did our town with a live orchestra. We mic'd everyone. So we had music underscored and wow. it was a beautiful show. And that's just a great show.
0: Yeah. That's impressive.
6: Yeah. So as a,
1: um, as a sketch writer, who were some of your influences? I mean, whose work do you
6: aspire? I grew up uh, watching conspiracy. Carol Burnett and mm. your classic yeah. 70s variety shows and and the sketch writers, and I still watch M.A.S.H. The um, Larry Gelbert's yeah. writing for M.A.S.H., just the, the lead-up to the punchlines, they're, they're, it's really brilliant. And I... I love the old Alan Alda, not the newer Alan Alda when he got artsy, but the old funny um, yeah. list-making. He's always making lists, you know, and, and that's a very Shakespeare kind of a thing. Shakespeare thought list-making was also, could be kind of funny. So I tend to do that when I write.
1: Yeah, well, MASH is very
6: Shakespearean in a way. Yeah. yeah. And um, just the whole Tim Conway, Harvey Corman. You know, that classic goofball fun. Yeah. So one of the things
1: I love in particular about MASH, I mean, Carol Burnett show was a big influence on me. Uh, Tim Conway is the reason why I, I started doing comedy and started writing comedy. In um, the early seasons of MASH taught me that if you want to nail home an emotion, get them laughing first. It's the most naked emotion. So the ability to, to have somebody let their guard down through laughter to either deliver a message or to deliver an emotional high point or a crescendo, I mean, that was a lesson that I took away from Alan Alda's writing and from MASH in general. And that in and of itself is kind of Shakespearean.
6: Sometimes tell my students, depending on the show, that you can, you can make people laugh in a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. but the ability to, to move someone to tears or deeper uh, dramatic emotion is, is far more powerful um, because as an actor, you need to, need to develop your character so m- much more fully so the audience will believe it. They can suspend their disbelief and be brought into the story. And if you can move someone to tears in a story... Then you're doing something right, um, and if you can consistently make them laugh, uh you're probably doing something right as well
4: i found um the sorry I found the easiest way to make somebody cry is to be in a a, a scene where you get shot and you die, and then invite your grandmother to it and that just that just gets her weeping
0: <laughs> gets the crowd um, going
4: yeah well her yeah
6: do Rosencrantz and Gildenstern at a funeral and see uh, people cry there you go
1: <laughs> our points are Steve with zero points next we have Marie with ten Molly with fifteen and Nate with sixteen alright that sound means it's time for our second pop quiz The
4: pop quiz is from the head of guidance, Mr. Nate Green. Nate! Hey, thanks. Uh, It's nice to be back here. It's been a long time since the last time, you know. And, um, you know, a lot's been happening. Uh, We've been having to deal with a lot. And, um, it gets... Difficult things. Life is difficult. Things are difficult. And we have to find ways to cope with them. Uh... So, what I would like to do, and uh, this is a little different than normal, because normally I ask a little trivia question or something, but I, I need I need some help. Um, when you have, to my other educators here, when you have something um, very upsetting happen to you that you were not expecting, you're angry, um, frustrated, uh, using your background, so Marie, you're... you're HOMAC, uh, English literature for, uh, Molly and coach, your coach stuff. Um, can you please bring those, uh, fruits of knowledge mm-hmm. and explain to me, for example, my glasses. Mm. I broke them. I thought it was a dog toy. I stepped on them. I'm like, ah, stupid dog. Uh, then I went back and I stepped on them again and I got mad at the dog toy again. Um, <laughs> and then I realized that they were my glasses that oh my are just a couple weeks old and I didn't deal with it that well. So I need some help. Give me some advice. Like right. how would you bring in your little nuggets into this? How um, would we... you
5: deal with adversity?
4: Yeah. Is what you're asking. All
5: right. Um, just, uh, you know. You know, usually when I'm having trouble, I just say, give me 20, uh, give me 20 laps. Um, 20 and that, that helps because that forces the thing I'm having a problem with to uh, leave for a while and run around a object such as a court or a field or a um, badminton pitch uh, 20 times. So, Clearing I, I, again... Mind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, just get get rid of your problems is what I'm trying to say. Just uh, just send them away and uh, don't think about them for about 15 minutes.
4: There you go. Solid advice. Thank you very much, you. Coach Steve. Of course. Uh, help, help Marie. Can you help me? I
2: feel like this is right in my wheelhouse. Actually, dealing with mental health and wellness is something that we all are struggling with, and finding yourself maxed out with your with your stress level. It's time. It's it's similar to Steve's, but instead of making your problems run away, instead you remove yourself from the situation for a mere five minutes. And you breathe from the top of your skull all the way into the bottom of your toes 24 times. 24, not 23, not 25. If you breathe 25, then, then you're going to go into too relaxed a state, and then you won't be able to deal with the task at hand. Because you do need to be able to have it in your head to be able to consciously work through your issues with your glasses.
4: I like that. Thank you. Uh, and Molly, how would, you, how would you use English to, to help uh, calm yourself after one of those incidents?
0: It's a real poignant question, Nate, because I lose my all the time. Um, so it's something that I really have learned to work through. And something that seems to work for me is what I like to say, or like to call, excuse me, the alphabet game. And so I go through each letter of the alphabet... And I say a corresponding word that begins with that letter all the way to Z or Z as they say. Um, and it really calms me down. And if I am rootin' tootin' mad, I go backwards, some Z back to A. You know what? Let's give this a try as a team. I'll start with A. Let's all do one round just to get the feel of it. Swear to God, it's going to help you out. A is for anchovy. Bob?
1: B is for bear. Steve.
5: C is for cardiologist, which is something I need to see soon.
0: Dave for D.
6: D e is for doggy doo, which I pick up every day.
0: E, Marie. X, hell. And F, Nate. Give it a whirl. Give it a whirl, man.
4: Friggin' glasses.
0: Yes. 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 Frigging glasses. feels better. Doesn't it
1: yeah. feel better? That feels That's, a lot better. That's great. Yeah, the frigging yeah. glasses. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Now, Nate, yeah. you know, I deal with hardship. I counsel on hardship on a daily basis. And uh, what I do is I always look for the healthiest, most direct way to deal with your problems and to deal with the emotions that your problems cause. And like every true American, I repress them. I just ball them up and choke them down, and and I never speak of them again. <laughs> I feel
4: great. ABCDEFG. Well, those are those are all really great uh, things, uh, Dave. Can you help me just pick out the best one so that way I can kind of implement that tonight?
6: Well, I you know, uh I think Bob is right on. That's the most American way to take care of anything. It's just. Mm. Just ignore that. Just, just put it back. Um, so I would, I would give him some points. Can I award points for your? Uh... You can
1: award points to anyone for any reason.
6: I, I'd like yeah. to give Bob five points. <laughs>
4: for okay, what's the dating pain? the obvious <laughs> for repression?
6: And I'd love to give Steve ten oh my... points. Oh my god! And I'm going to tell you why. Please do, Steve. When you're sitting up straight and I can and your backrest kind of merges in, yeah. your shoulders and your head, yeah. And those white stripes on your microphone, you okay. look like a nun. <laughs> 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 That's a beautiful, beautiful reason. You look to like get right. Mr. Mary Elephant, and you deserve ten points for that. Well,
5: I'll. So, Mr. Uh, Mary Elephant. <laughs> you're right. This is incredible. How do we not realize this? I guess I can never wear black again. <laughs> I love that. So, so Steve. For <coughs> <Thank you. laughs> every stream.
4: I knew there was a reason why I went to you for religious advice, and I'm glad that I did. Um, and, Bob, thank you for your advice. Um, I am going to repress it, and um, just wear them. All right. I will
1: just so ignore guess, uh And wear well, them. I- I guess if you see Coach holding a ruler, get scared. (laughs) Because there will be bruised knuckles. Our next game is Lie, Lie Again, where I will read a weird or unusual fact uh, about select members of the faculty. Some are actual truths, while others are complete and total lies. Our visiting professor and fellow faculty members may question the subject to better understand whether or not the statement a truth or a lie. Either way, the subject must convince everyone else, else that the truth or the, uh, the unusual fact is true, no matter how absurd it sounds. Our first truth. Now, everybody knows that Marie went to Manhattanville College in Harrisville, New York, but yes. most people don't know that she and her drunk friends decided to hitchhike to Sleepy Hollow 12 miles Away, is that right, Marie?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: All right. Who has our first question for Marie? Well,
5: why did you do that? <laughs> why you drunkenly hitchhiked? Oh no! As someone who cares about you, Marie, that scares me a lot. <laughs> okay. All right.
4: All right. <clears throat> what type? Okay, so... What time of year was it?
2: It was fall. It was. It was right at the beginning of the semester. It was before Halloween. We were there like. So it was like the tenth of October. It was right before Columbus Day weekend, which is usually, yeah. It was like the tenth of October in there, yeah. So it was like before things got crazy haunted, but like we wanted to go and explore it without other people there.
4: Yeah, thank God, hauntings only happen once a year.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, ghost ships. <laughs> ghost ships. Um, ghost ships. Uh, Marie, I'm sorry. Did you say this? What year were you? I was a, a freshman. And who, who to who who are, who whom were these friends?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I, <laughs> um, it was my roommate at the time, Ursula Weaver, who actually ended up being an RA later. Um, and uh, we were living in Spellman dorm. And uh, she loves loves Halloween. Um, and. Uh, you're going to be even more disappointed, Steve.
0: Don't tell me you are dressed up like a slutty wedge or something.
2: No, 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 we no. We went no, in... No. I, was in like, I was in, like, jeans, jeans and a coat. Cold, like, it was, it, chilly, it was chilly. It was cooler. Was no, no, no. We, no, were no not, we were not, not in... in we, we were not were dressed, not dressed up, up at all. all. Um, um, and um, um, she... she Ended up and being so an yeah, R.A. later, so it's, it's funny, funny because, because we were drinking, obviously, because we were fresh yeah. in college. I and say, yeah. and, she's and she's like, like you, you know, know Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow is only like, 20, like miles 20 miles away, right? right? And, I like, and I was like, yeah. And, and she's, she's like, like, the Valiant, Valiant goes, goes really close, really close to, the to the Valiant. was The, the Valiant, Valiant was our school mascot. And so our bus was called the Valiant, and it would take trips into White Plains. And she's like, if we just get on the Valiant, I'm sure we can get a cab from from White Plains over over in a Sleepy Hollow. hollow. So I was like, yeah, sure, you're You're smart. smart. I'll follow you anywhere.
5: You're a future RA. Well, I didn't know
2: at the time. And so uh, we (laughs) took the (laughs) bus, and then we were planning on taking taking a cab cab from from the White White Plains Plains train train station, station, but there were no no cabs. So we so just we started just asking, asking people, people if they were driving towards, towards that, direction that direction, and, and um, <laughs> there happened to be um, <laughs> um, some people who went people to SUNY, Suny Purchase. Christ, we did we not, did know, not them, know them, so it was—it was like we were, we're asking, asking if we, we could hitchhike. hitchhike. It wasn't, like, wasn't like, like an actual stand, stand on, the on the side of the road with our thumbs out situation, but we were at a public. Yeah, later on, you face this
3: wasn't is- <laughs> smart. You survived. That's, like, that's
5: what's important. I, I didn't hire a prostitute. I just went up to women and said, are you having sex later? I
2: mean. <laughs> Do you want to with me? Now? Coach, Steve. Um, <laughs> oh,
5: <laughs> that's, that bit will get edited out, I'm sure. <laughs> no. No. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> go. You got it. You
3: know,
0: I'm going to go out on a limb. I yeah. think she's telling the truth. We've all had some wild and wacky times in college, and uh, we're all allowed to, and that's how we develop into the wonderful adults we are today. Smarter um, are people we so, are now. Yeah, so I think I think it's true.
1: All right, wow. so we have a true from
4: Molly, Nate. What do you think? I think it's true. I, I, I can, I could see her doing that now, except she would just use Uber. <laughs> Steve, what do you got?
5: Uh, This feels true. This feels like classic Marie to me. Um, I didn't finish asking questions. We jumped right
4: into the... So, no, ask no, no, no. a lot. Okay. You have more
5: okay. questions okay. you can ask. No, no. The narrator ahead. called it. We're, we're but you good. got your prostitute
4: <gasps> joke in, so that was good.
5: Yeah, I'm glad I took <laughs> my, my time
4: <laughs> saying that. <laughs> it was a good
5: use of our time here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let me let me write that down for my stand-up set. so good. So what was your call, Steve? True? kill um i can't think of I, yeah, go I right ahead know, it's cool i just wanted to know kind of like what was the story of the people who picked you up like what were what's their story they
2: went to suny purchase so we did not know them
5: there are other college students is that what you're saying the word suny purchase i don't know what that state means, university of answer. new york
2: you know how okay. we have the university of blah blah, blah umo we yeah. it was suny in new york state university of new york and it was like near us and so
5: State University. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sweet
2: drunk Fresh. freshmen were like other college kids are f-. but they were all upperclassmen too. It, it was not oh. smart, okay.
5: but we were. F- and, and what did you do at the uh, Sleepy Hollow? What did
2: we you just walked there? around, and we ended up just walked staying down. in the town. We didn't even end up going anywhere cool. Like we just like walked around right. the downtown of <laughs> right, Sleepy right. Hollow, and we're like, "Well, how'd you get home?" We actually did get a cab home.
4: Okay.
2: And it was like sixty dollars. Yeah. We were not. <laughs>
5: stupid drunk college kids um marie's a good marie she's just good at lying to me that's the problem i can't i can never <laughs> believe oh uh, it, it's true it's true that's, can, that's I, it can is. I ask marie
3: You're, yeah yeah marie, go right ahead
5: what
6: what's the what's the structure there that washington irving based this story on do you know
2: it's the guy on the horse
6: no, but what's what's the building there in Sleepy Hollow? Oh, know. you
2: think I remember that? I was a drunk <laughs> freshman, and this was like
6: <laughs> 20,
2: 17 years ago now? I don't remember.
5: All right, are we going to log in I didn't in mean to answers? look so shocked. Sorry about no. that. <laughs> I got to see my own reaction. I looked way more shocked than I should have been. Dave,
6: <laughs> how would you like to call it? Is it true or is it false? That sounds true to me.
1: All, All right. right. So, so we have Molly with True, Nate with True, True Steve with True, and Dave with True. Dave with Marie, True. What's, what's the real story?
2: real story? Um, I went to Manhattanville College in Purchase, New York, which is 20 minutes from Sleepy Hollow, but I have never been there. <laughs> Nor. <laughs> Every goddamn ever time. It's
3: such a good boy.
6: <laughs> yeah, well, the proximity made sense, you know. Yeah. All right. You didn't go to the schoolhouse, did you? No.
3: So (laughs) you lied. We
6: have Marie for the
1: win. Uh, Dave, how would you like to score that? (laughs) Um,
6: I'd like to give Steve two points for the prostitute joke.
5: Thank you. you, And uh, Marie, you
6: should have um, five gold bars for being such a good liar. Five gold bars for Marie. Now. So,
1: Steve loves amusement parks. So, when he told me this, I was shocked, right? As a young child, Steve was terrified of costumed characters and anything inflatable. And where do you find those but amusement parks, right? So, who was our first question for Steve?
2: When do you first remember being afraid (laughs)
5: <laughs> you sound like my psychologist. <laughs> and By my psychologist, I mean my girlfriend who studied psych. Uh, <laughs> uh, don't tell her about that prostitute joke, guys, right? That's, that's just, oh, she'll that's just hear between it. us and, and the audience on, on YouTube. Um, the first time I remember being afraid, I remember a giant um, Poland spring water bottle at um, the Lewiston Balloon Festival. And, uh, I remember being scared <laughs> A giant water <laughs> bottle? Yep. Um, How about oh. a stretch for a mascot. Um, I don't, I can't <laughs> remember if it was just sitting there or if there, it was, like, someone in a, in a, in a costume, I think. It was just a giant Poland Spring water bottle.
2: Like if it's a person was thing, trapped inside of a giant Poland Springs Presumably water bottle, that would a, be terrifying. A, yeah.
0: yeah,
1: Nothing is more terrifying than a giant anthropomorphic phallic symbol with a twist-off head.
0: You got that right, Bob.
5: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're right.
4: Uh, Who else, else has a question for Steve? Steve, um, maybe a little off topic, but what are your thoughts on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Um, to be
5: honest, I grew up without a TV in my house, so um, never watched that. I actually watched it for the first time last year, and that's true.
0: Um, Steve, how? And
5: it was pretty. It was pretty boring. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: Steve, how do you feel now when you see costumed folk?
5: I feel uh, completely indifferent. Um actually you know what is wild is I've actually been a costumed character on a few occasions. One I can think of was um uh local performer Rick Charette. You guys know Rick Charette based <gasps> on the yes! mud. Yeah, I exactly. Love mud. Thank you, Marie. Um I got to be the alligator in the elevator. Oh, no. So I was in the full <laughs> alligator garb. Dancing around on stage with Rick Charette. Yeah, there's a big old alligator costume that he carries around with him to every game, apparently. Who knows what kind of sweat is in there from years of teenagers. Um, But anyway, hopefully that gets edited out. Um, (laughs) um, Bob is just like shaking his head. Nope. Hey, it's Um, not
1: up to me. Talk to Alan.
5: God, Alan is such a stickler.
4: Come on, he's a sweetheart. All right, who else question. has a question for Steve? Uh, when did... Uh, so you you're kind. Of, you said you're indifferent to it now. When did that change happen? When did you move how, from...
0: How did you... Yeah. How and when? How did you get and over your fear? I Why? Don't, I don't what?
4: know. I was an extremely anxious
5: child. If you guys know me as an adult, it's pretty predictable that I was an extremely anxious child um so i had a lot of like weird anxiety things like that and um that was one of them and that's one that really i don't remember a lot of the occasions that well because i was quite young like four you know three and less than that and uh but my my family loves to tell these stories about various costume characters that i was terrified at when we went to amusement parks we went to festivals (laughs) and apparently you know i wouldn't move like i would lock up in fear you know, like, kind of like someone who's on a very high structure. I would just, like, lock up in fear of... It is horrifying, right? It's like a weird... You know, as a child, you've seen humans, right? But you haven't seen, like, large, creepy monsters walking around, you know? So it is kind of confusing uh, <laughs> to the child brain. All I can
1: think of now are those giant, inflatable, like, unicorn
5: costumes. Yeah. And there's actually... It, it's like... A crescendo uh, of nightmare fuel for you. You know what you could put in here, Bob, is a, is a video of me juggling in, in one of those, which exists. So, <laughs> we'll, I'll, well, I'll send that to you. <laughs> yeah, you have to send that to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So,
1: you've heard the questions. Uh, now, let's hear the conclusions. Um, Marie, what do you think?
2: I think it's False. Period.
4: False. That's it, no, no. I think you're lying. All right, Nate. Truth or a lie? I, I think it's a lie. Uh, specifically because this was a, a issue you had as a small child, not really when you were uh, even a teenager, um, and therefore it's kind of a deep cut. And uh, I know that in the past when you've been asked to share a truth you've had difficulty getting it over to bob and this sounds like something bob would make up so i think it's a lie yeah,
3: I, love, I love that justification oh, it's all funny. right
1: it's a lie for nate <laughs> molly what do you have truth or a lie
0: i think it's a lie and i'll tell you why i think it's a lie You contradicted yourself because you said you first remembered a giant water pothole Mm -hmm. mascot that scared the dickens out of you. And you were just a little wee one. But then you said you got over it when you were seven. Mm -hmm. So I feel like, but then you said, I don't remember much because I was four or three Mm -hmm. or younger. So I see just a tangle of age discrepancies going on there. (laughs) And I do feel like the Poland Spring water bottle mascot was a bit of a stretch.
3: Okay, I've
0: not seen that at any events I've gone to. So, love you, kid, but no.
1: All right, Dave, you have three lies. What do you think? Is it true or is it a lie?
6: I think it's a lie because you'd have to have rabies to be afraid of water. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Steve. Yeah. You have lie, 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 and lie.
5: What's the story? Ah, oh, you guys are wrong. You, I got you. <laughs> I finally got you all. What? I was, yeah, I was horrified of, of anything that wasn't like a humanoid thing as a child. Absolutely horrified. I don't know when I got over it. Seven was just a very. Random guess, so I'm sorry if that misled you. I don't know when I got over my fear of giant creatures, but... um... (laughs) I did, yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. Did the polar seltzer bear
6: in Worcester scare you, too?
5: What was that? The polar (laughs) seltzer bear. The polar seltzer bear in Worcester, yeah. I So, Steve, it's a good thing
1: you weren't from my generation because Mm -hmm. we had something called Sid and Marty Croft which would have been absolutely terrifying to you.
5: What is that? Please explain.
1: Uh HR Puffin stuff, <laughs> Sigmund the Sea Monster.
5: HR Puffin stuff, yes. Yeah. Oh man. Um, and
1: then my favorite, which was not that company, but Banana Splits.
5: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You know what? I used to have a what was the thing you'd put up to your eyes and you go right? View Viewmaster. Viewmaster. And there was a um Banana Splits. Viewmaster slide that I had as a kid, I and think I you had know a
6: what? Lunchbox. Oh
5: my God! The view. The what were they called? The Viewmaster. Viewmaster. That would scare me as a kid because it's like it's like a creepy dark world that you. Were you looking into.
6: at mommy and daddy's special Viewmaster? <laughs> <slide? laughs> yeah. They had
5: some special ones made, and that's in their sock drawer. Yep.
3: <laughs> yep. <laughs>
2: You and, 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 and Nate's withstand. fear of balloons? like.
5: What? Yeah, we were fearful children. That's why we ended up uh, in theater. I guess so. Mm.
1: Yeah, they both fear things that blow. We are at our <laughs> halftime. The points right now are... Oh, actually, Dave, how would you like to score?
6: I'm completely forget
1: (laughs) (laughs) so we have molly with a lie nate with a lie marie with a lie uh steve was telling the truth what would you like to do
6: the points have to go to steve because he he got everybody so 10 rupees 10 for steve
1: which uh, i hope you are wearing pants steve right now Our uh, scoreboard stands with me at five points. Next, we have a tie between Marie and Molly with 15 points. Nate is at 16. Steve is now in the lead, which means after his halftime talk, he will be competing in Mask Charade. Join us after the break here at Balderdash Academy.
4: I need a mask.
0: If you love Boulder Dash Academy, consider donating to Main Repertory Theatre, our brick and mortar home for original improv and scripted comedy. Closed due to the pandemic, Main Rep could use your help to stay open. Visit their GoFundMe page, their website, mainrepertorytheater.com or on social media to contribute. <laughs> Welcome back to
1: Boulder Dash Academy. Here are our points. We have myself in last place with five points. We have Molly and Marie tied with fifteen <laughs> points, yes! followed by Nate with sixteen. Our leader right now is reigning champion Steve Corning with twenty-two
5: points.
3: Good so we're going, going! To
5: come back, Endless all right. Year. You're welcome. You can. So,
1: that tone marks our halftime with our halftime pep talk. The coach of the Dashers, Coach Steve Corning. Coach?
5: We are the champions. We are the champions. No time for losers. Okay, we can't afford the copyright, so...
3: (laughs) Uh, We'll
5: just just cut it after the first note. Guys, um... Here's the thing, um, nobody nobody uh, ever expected anything from us, okay? Uh, we have been a perennial sack of losers um, that most teams look at the calendar and they say that's a W, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, every year we win nothing except the sportsmanship award. Go Dashers. Uh, Every year um, in the rankings, they forget to list our school. Um, Every year in the playoffs, they forget to invite us. Yeah. Number one at being forgotten. (sighs) Um, So it feels good when I can win a week of balderdash academy because at least that's that's something that i can kind of go home and tell my girlfriend she doesn't care but still at least deep down i have a sense that maybe in my lifetime i can do something of note maybe maybe
4: maybe um
5: so this is that was big that was a big last you know last week that was that was huge for me um Mm -hmm. and you know, I'm winning right now. I'm not going to I'm not going to count my eggs. Um, although I am getting low and I do need to go to the grocery store. But here's the thing. This everything comes down to this moment, okay? I want you guys to look at yourselves in your hand mirrors that each I asked each of you to bring. Okay. <sighs> See that nose on the front of your face? Yep. That nose is part of a larger face and that larger face has seen defeat over and over. That face has seen fouls called on it. That, that face has seen uh, the floor as you know, we, we obviously grease the floor a little too much and uh, our athletes tend to fall and smash their face I want you to believe that someday that face will look at a trophy, in a trophy case, in Balderdash Academy. That's my dream for each and every one of us. Guys, last week we did a little uh, trivia. We, we took a look back into, the, into some NBA history. This week we're going back once again into NBA history because that's basically all I know about. Uh, one of my favorite teams, if anyone knows me, Boston Celtics, huge Boston Celtics fan. We're going to take a little trip back to the year 2008 does anyone know what happened in the year 2008 yes nate um i had a birthday you did yep great job buddy thank you uh headmaster did you have a do you remember what happened in 2008 with the boston i do
1: it was very important particularly uh to fans Mm -hmm. um, particularly for people uh at the garden yes um in 2008 yes you got this at one point, the T showed uh-huh. up on time. I made it home in two and a half hours from <laughs> work. True.
5: It was amazing. It's
3: unbelievable. Nice. Uh, nice. I, I
1: I wanted to thank the governor, but I didn't. I. Uh, it was just a good day.
5: Wow, that's so exciting for you. Um, obviously, we all remember that day, but we also remember that the Boston Celtics won a championship. In oh, December of course, May. right? Um, that too. But that you know, obviously, we Super think Bowl. Bob sing first. No Super Bowl. The Boston Celtics haven't won that yet, but they're working on it. So, uh, of course, Game One, um, something noteworthy happened. A lot of basketball fans know this, and it's actually a controversial moment. Now, towards the towards the, uh, I think it was the third quarter, Paul Pierce, the star of the team, uh, fell under the basket and appeared to be injured. Uh, took a hard fall, and he kind of just laid there. You know, it was like one of those incidents where like. You know, we're we're in the Boston Garden, of course, game one, and the whole place goes silent because, you know, the star of the team just went down in the finals, right? And uh, they he lays there long enough that they bring out a wheelchair. They put him in the wheelchair. They bring him out back. And then about um, five minutes later, he comes running back out the tunnel. Crowd goes wild. He re-enters the game and wins the game. So you're probably wondering why this is a controversial moment. Well, there's a lot of fan theories, and there's a lot of um, conspiracy theories surrounding what actually happened because he obviously wasn't injured. So um, a lot of people suspect that instead of being injured, Mm
3: -hmm.
5: Paul Pierce had an ulterior motive Mm -hmm. for leaving the game, okay? And I want to hear from each of you. I know you're all kind of subscribed to different Reddit conspiracy groups, um, and I kind of want to hear what you think was actually happening. Game 1, 2008 NBA Finals, Paul Pierce. Why did he get wheeled off the court and return five minutes later? Yes, Marie, I saw your hand go up.
2: Um, I actually um, I am married to somebody who follows the Celtics, and he was telling me about this game. Um, <laughs> I did not watch it myself, but I know that when Paul Pierce left and went in the back into the the, the – Clubhouse? What is it for basketball?
5: Uh, locker room. room. The,
2: into the locker room? Yeah,
5: or clubhouse is fine.
2: Uh, sir Larry Bird was back there. And as... Yeah, well, I mean, we can call him Sir because he's of like course. NBA royalty, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he had to do... He, he made Paul Pierce do a bird dance with him. And when he was completed, his Larry Bird dance, he was able to go back out and, you know, as the rest of the game went. It was the Larry Bird dance. Wow. He had a he had a moment. Know,
5: was there a reason why they had to do the bird dance just to kind of like? Oh, it's what Larry dream, Bird dream. did
2: when he, wow. yeah, it's it was it was That's Larry awesome. Bird, bringing forth, passing on his egg of knowledge to wow. Paul Pierce.
5: That's an awesome conspiracy theory. I love that. Uh, who else
4: do we have? Nate, go right. Ahead. Yeah, I, um, he he had to go back into the locker room in the clubhouse. Because um, because he forgot the spell. Um, they needed to win, and they needed to have all of their players at the top of their game. Um, and everybody knows that Brachium Amendo is the healing spell uh, mm. that repairs broken bones. Um, he forgot that. He had to go back and reference his textbook um, because he was the person responsible for remembering that. And they couldn't, they were so close to winning. They just couldn't do it. And he needed an excuse to get to the, um, spell locker house.
5: Right, right. The locker house. Thank you.
4: Yep. Molly.
0: Um, well, it's quite exciting actually. Um, you know, the mascot of the Celtics.
3: hmm.
0: Yeah. So, some people just think, yo, cute little brawny leprechaun, feisty mm-hmm. little thing, right? Uh, they think that somebody just came up with that cool little character and it's stuck and everyone's really super proud of it. Really? That little leprechaun is real, okay? And what's the player's name again?
5: Uh, Paul Pierce.
0: Yes, of course, Pierce. Yes, Paul Pierce. Um, I just want to make sure I pronounced it right. Paul Pierce was actually (laughs) the leprechaun. Okay. So when he got hurt, this, it was wearing off the little embodiment spell and they were like, dude, get the wheelchair, get him back there. We got to pump this guy full of leprechaun juice and get him back out there. So what they did actually is they wheeled him out back. He transformed showered him in gold golden shower wow. and then just <laughs> back to Pierce and out he went and bada boom bada bang leprechaun oh, skills
4: I need that golden <laughs> shower you know
1: Molly <laughs> was very close to what really happened mm-hmm. um, I mean I long time uh, uh, Massachusetts resident uh, grew up going to the garden all the time heck my grandmother was a puck girl for the Bruins back in the 30s um, the thing that people forget was Paul Pierce was actually late for that show. He decided, for that game rather, he decided to take uh, the MBCR, the Massachusetts Bay commuter rail, in to North Station. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody yeah. knows you don't get anywhere on time taking the Massachusetts public transportation system. So what happened was the Celtics put out a life model decoy of Pierce to play the first half of the game. Wow. Um, Pierce was on the train 2008 beginning of cell phones uh, more smartphones he uh, sent an email to his people and said hey I'm here I got changed I'm in my uniform I got changed in the uh, stinky one bathroom that you never go to on the train
3: Mm.
1: how's it going Uh, so what happened is uh, the Pierce life model decoy went up did his move collapse because they shut him off well at that point they were supposed to have him walk off. <laughs> they 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 messed up and blew out at the knee joint on the uh, on the bot. Loaded the bot into the chair, wheeled him off. That gave enough time for Pierce to make it through the labyrinth down North Station. Which remember at that time period there was construction in North Station. Wow. So down North Station, through the construction barrier, around to the back. Into the locker room, giving the real Pierce enough
5: time to hit the uh, hit the. Talk footsteps.
0: about a warm up.
5: Nothing That's but crazy. net. Well, uh, Dave, before we move on to what I consider to be the correct uh, conspiracy theory, um, how would you like to to uh, score this? Because, of course, we have Marie uh, with he had to perform the bird dance with Larry, uh, Sir Larry Bird. Uh, Nate, the uh, theory is that he had to cast a spell to fix his injury out back in the locker clubhouse. Uh, Molly, uh, he had to go, said he had to go back to get a quick golden shower. <laughs> and uh, Bob, As of course, uh, the, the theory is that there was a life model decoy that they had to switch in the, in the third quarter.
6: Well, I'm I'm gonna award Bob five points for the nostalgia, yeah, construction in North Station, but um, I, I really like Molly's setup for the Golden Shower. That was classic. Ten, ten gold bars, Molly. Ten, ten, ten gold. gold bars. I'm wondering,
2: though, as they continue to pump players full of leprechaun juice, um, mm-hmm. are, are, is there going to become some sort of standard for how much leprechaun juice you can have in your body in order to be able to continue to play? Do you have an unfair advantage? It was
5: actually banned in 2010. So, Well, if the president um, can take Clorox to... Uh,
0: and golden showers
5: the president yeah. can take all the jars. yes he can yeah um so of Those course are still going strong the most popular conspiracy theory surrounding this incident is that uh paul pierce had to take a um and so this is true so and it was almost basically confirmed by paul pierce last year in a kind of uh interview where he he basically admitted that that was true um and there there are theories that not only did he have to go to Out back to use the restroom but he had already maybe pooped his own pants people have done uh frame by frame still uh moments where they would zoom in and like there's a slight brown spot on his uh on his shorts so all kinds of theories
4: but yeah paul pierce needed to use the restroom
2: he just really wanted that burrito uh... yeah (laughs)
4: hey if crap in your pants is cool consider me miles davis
2: (laughs)
1: nice very so, cool. Paul Pierce, if he couldn't be number one, he was fine with being number two. We're uh, now moved wow. on. Up. Coach
6: Steve? Yes. You know why the uh, rooster went to the basketball game?
5: Why did the rooster go to the basketball game, Dave?
6: He heard the ref was blowing fouls.
5: cock a <laughs> doodle
0: Alright,
1: our next game is called Mask Charade. Dave, who I totally nailed his name right on the first time, will secretly tell a faculty member with the most points, which is Steve, what is his favorite movie. Steve will then play a game of charades, or charades if you're in Europe, that will have that movie's title as the topic. The rest of the faculty will don blindfolds and try to guess the movie based off of my poor description of the uh, Steve charades so masks on
5: I
6: faculty what ready been doing in, in quarantine uh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right mask charades begin Steve you're up okay two words no <laughs> three wor- four words four words first word He's strutting. He's uh, putting a toothpick in his mouth, a cigarette in his mouth, and lighting it.
0: Walk the line.
1: He is...
0: Saturday Night Live.
1: <laughs> he's, or Saturday Night uh, Fever. showing you stolen goods. He's pulling out cash and throwing cash on the ground. He's... Kirby back. Uh... Oh, brother, no, where are no you <laughs> Playing a piano? What the hell are you doing? <laughs> All right. Oh. oh, he has something in his pocket. He's showing something in his pocket. He's putting a cigarette in his pocket. He's 2001: Space Odyssey. He pulled out a gun. He reached in his hand, uh, in his Scarf pocket, and he face. pulled out a gun. Ben down, some broomsticks. He pulled out two guns. He's looking at two guns.
0: Dick Tracy. He's checking out two guns. Two guns. He
1: is. Looking at his cigarette, holding his gun. Now he's holding two guns again. Smoking guns. He's doing it over and over, hoping we get the point.
2: Lock (laughs)
0: stock and barrel.
1: Now he's now he's looking at his angrily. Lock stock and two
0: smoking barrels. Is that what he said? That's a
1: good one. Yeah. Um, He's he's talking. He's pointing. He's taking a bite and chewing. Oh my god. (laughs) He's sticking out his bottom jaw, and he's leaning back.
5: He's strutting. Can, can I can I interrupt for one minute? All you're guessing is the first the first word of the four word title. So oh, yeah. um, don't don't be guessing the name of the movie. Just just try and all right. Here we go. Okay. Gun.
0: Gun. Gangster. All right. Battle. War.
1: Gangster is close. Gangster is close. Gangster uh, Gang New
0: York.
3: There
0: you go. Mobster.
1: That was it. Gangs of New
0: York? Gangs of New York?
1: The Gangs of New York.
0: Nice job. All
1: right. (laughs) Daniel
3: Day-Lewis. The Gangs
1: of New York. Um, Uh. Dave, how would you like to score? (laughs) Um,
6: Wow. You didn't like my gangster? (laughs) No, um, (laughs) I'm... So I don't know if I can. I'm going to give Steve two points for his acting. I'm going to give Nate four points for his mask, and because Marie got it, she she deserves uh, five gold bars.
2: Five gold bars.
6: Five gold bars. Goose egg. Molly, I'm sorry. And Molly, I'm going to (laughs) give you. I'm going to give you three points because you obviously have been making masks with the girls. All right, so
1: three points once again for Molly for bringing up the angry face. (laughs) Will she be able to pout her way to the win? Yes. Find out as. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Find out in our uh, next segment the points as they stand right now. I'm in last place with ten points. We have a tie between Marie and Nate with twenty points. Twenty. Steve has twenty-four points. Molly is in the lead with twenty-eight. Find Whoa. out if she can pound her way, pound her way to a win <laughs> when we come back on Balderdash <laughs> Academy.
2: Pound <Powell> or pound. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh- <laughs>
5: We All Have a Story is a podcast dedicated to learning more about the folks around us, one person at a time. We'll chat with accountants, bus drivers, entertainers, novelists, beekeepers, piano tuners, booksellers, artists, and more. Check out We All Have a Story using your favorite podcast app or service.
1: Let's see our points. We have myself in last place with 10 points. We have a tie between Marie and Nate with 20. Steve, our current reigning champion, is at 24 points. And in the lead
5: is Molly McGill with 28 points. Can I interrupt real quick, Headmaster? Um, Um, Yes. So I was leading at halftime, correct? And then... Oh, yes. You you were leading at halftime. Yeah. And then I got two points after the half... And Molly got three points, but somehow <laughs> Molly is now ahead by four points. So Molly got five points. Oh wait, ten she got points, the ten uh, points and three points. Yeah, right, right. She got the the Bald yeah. Pierce back up. Yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. I just want to make sure this is competitive, and we're we're all playing. Oh, fairly. it's on.
0: Oh, it is. Yeah.
5: So, st- look, Coach is just trying
1: to make sure that we're all following the rules that ensure that he wins.
5: Exactly.
1: <sighs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's the tone. It's time for our final pop quiz of the night. This pop quiz is from the head of Home Ec and Wellness, Ms. Marie Stewart Harmon. Marie?
2: Hello, everybody. So lovely to have you all here. Um, in the past few weeks, I have been trying to give you a tip, a home economic tip, an an everyday struggle that you might that you might encounter, um, especially in this in this weird time that we're in right now. Um, and but this week, I'd like to focus on our own health and our own wellness. And um, something that I personally have been struggling with recently is falling asleep and sleeping all the way through the night so um i'd like to hear i yeah it is it can be very very frustrating as we know from um our guidance earlier we we are all dealing with with frustrating situations so when you are are when you are trying to get a full night's sleep and sleep all the way through the night what do you do faculty um uh professor mcgill would you like to to share with
0: us when when I'm trying to sleep through the night and I can't, what do I do?
2: Well, what what would you do to help prepare yourself to fall asleep quickly and sleep through the night?
0: All right, so it's a it's a pretty simple recipe. Um, there's some nights that I, I go to bed and I literally cannot sleep, and that is not a lie. Um, I have wax earplugs that I use because somebody snores. <clears throat> And uh, so I put those in, and when that doesn't work, um, I usually just turn to a couple bottles of wine. Bottles, plural. And, yeah, and that usually just that that does it. I get a full night's sleep; don't wake up for anything.
2: And then if you and, don't uh, finish
0: the bottle, you can use your wax earplug to. Yep. So it's it's really combo. If the ear, it's like it's like a you know a checklist. If the earplugs don't work. Just go drink a couple bottles of wine. Got it.
2: All right. Yep. Wonderful. Um, guidance counselor, Nate. Guidance green.
4: Uh, I I find uh, that when, when I'm struggling to fall asleep, I, I do a couple of things. One, I, I start by just taking a shower, a nice warm shower, just to loosen up the muscles, just um, to kind of clear your head, get a shower thought or two, so that way I felt like I actually used my brain that day. Um and then I make sure I'm dry because one time I didn't and the sheets were just a mess. It was awful. Um yeah, dry off. Uh so that's what I do when I first try to like get over that that hump. Uh if that doesn't work, um I then uh fall back to my teenage years and I just put on Red Dawn and watch that. Um, a little British comedy helps me fall right asleep. Um, my kids hate that I do it in their bedroom, though.
5: Uh, Wolverines! British comedy. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about that,
4: too. Is it? Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf. Okay. Red Dwarf. Red, Not Red Dawn. There we go. I was yeah.
5: like, yeah. what are he's saying a very he is smoke movie. him a kipper,
4: he'll be back for breakfast. Yeah. I'm like, it's either research and development or Red Dawn, and I was wrong on both. Thanks. <laughs> It's Parks and Recreation.
0: It's Battlestar Galactica.
1: <laughs> and I am making an, an announcement. Yes. Danny John Jules is the most perfect representation of a cat in media. I stand by that.
0: Have you seen the movie Cats?
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Don't.
4: <laughs>
1: how
4: about How about Zooly Zoo? Yes.
1: Oh. Danny John Jules, if it's not the cat from Red Dwarf, it's not a cat. All um good. So, Marie, who,
5: who has an answer for you? Uh,
2: Coach, Coach Steve here, what, what, what do you think? How would you fall asleep <laughs> um, at night? Mine
5: is similar in nature to Nate. Um, a lot of people like to put on TV, kind of fall asleep to that, put on a podcast, put on, you know, some white noise. What I like to do is obviously put on Gangs of New York, um, and it is so slow and, uh, and dark that um, by the time Liam Neeson's dead, I am fast asleep. The, the soothing sound of Daniel Day-Lewis uh, with an American accent phew, just puts me out.
2: Okay, Daniel Day-Lewis in the American accent. Great. Um,
5: or Lincoln. Lincoln works, too, because he's got an American accent in that one, too.
2: Yes, he does. Uh, Headmaster, do you have any advice for me?
5: I do. You know,
1: sleep is very important, especially to get you through the day, especially when you're dealing with students on a daily basis. So... The best way to deal with not being able to sleep is simply don't sleep. Get up. Mm. Get up, take a deep breath. Maybe make yourself a nice pot or five of coffee. Sit down. Maybe grade a little paper. Maybe write a book. Maybe edit a show about a fake school. Hmm. There's many, many things that you can do when other people are wasting their time getting the sleep that they need so they won't die.
3: Yeah,
2: that is, you know, an effective use of your time, for sure. Um, so, we have, so we have Professor McGill's wax, earplugs, and two bottles of wine. Um, <laughs> we have uh, Guidance Green's, he has a warm shower, he has a couple of thoughts, he dries off, and then he watches Red Dawn or Red Dwarf. <laughs> Um, uh, that's
1: a mashup I would pay money to watch (laughs) the Russians invade the United States Lister together with Rimmer go on the attack right all the scutters are there up in a tree firing Uh, down on the tank it's heartbreaking
0: I have no idea what you're talking about
2: Um, Well, uh, Coach Steve uh, Mm -hmm. also takes the the watching or listening aspect of uh, putting on some podcast or TV, specifically a Daniel Day-Lewis doing an American accent film. Mm -hmm. Um,
5: Make sure Liam Neeson dies at some point as well. That'd be good. Ideally. In the first five minutes, yeah. Just totally waste his appearance.
2: Of course. Um, And then, or we could follow Headmaster Bob's uh, just don't sleep and do anything else. Like anything, anything. Um, uh, visiting faculty, Dave, how would you like to score these answers? I,
6: I I'm going to give Nate three points because he he sort of brought back up the golden shower and <laughs> yeah. and wet sheets. <laughs> Callback. And um, I'd like to give the headmaster five points. For hitting way too close to home.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I do have three very simple things that I can share to you. According to Harvard Medi- Medical School, the three key things that you can do to ensure you-, you fall asleep quickly and sleep all the way through the night is, one, create a regular sleep schedule. If you go to bed normally around 10 or 11 o'clock, try not to stay up too late on other, ti- on other nights. And even on your day off, try to wake up at the normal time that your body wants to wake up. Two, avoid caffeine and alcohol. Oh no. I know. We all love caffeine and alcohol. However, it does have actual scientific correlation to not helping you sleep throughout the night. I know. Works like
0: a charm, Harvard. You
2: enjoy those bottles, Molly. Harvard, um, And third, napping. I love naps. I love naps, but they are not always... Helpful to help you fall asleep in the even, uh, when you want to go to bed at night. Um, the key is to keep your nap between 20 and 30 minutes and before 5 p.m. Thank you, Harvard Medical uh,
0: School.
4: Harvard Schmarvard. So you just need a little cat nap.
2: Just a quick one <laughs> prior to 5 p.m.
5: I take a I take a nap every single day. It's about um, eight hours.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: And I feel totally refreshed. So I'm pro-nap.
2: There you go. Because
1: that's all you need, right? (laughs) Alright, so our points right now stand with myself at 15 points. There is no longer a tie. We have Marie with 20 points, followed by Nate with 23. Reigning champion, Coach Steve with 24. With a four-point lead, going into our final game, we have Molly with 28 points. It is wow. now time for Technically Correct.
0: Oh, I suck at the game.
1: <laughs> technically, that's correct. That's
3: technically correct. Love it. I
1: will read a description of a movie that is technically correct. Our faculty members will all come up with an answer as fast as possible and present it one by one. Dave will award points based on the answers he likes best. Our first movie. The description is, it's a movie about a cancer survivor who tries to find a cure so he can rebuild his relationship with his lost love. Again, it is about a cancer survivor who tries to find a cure so he can rebuild his relationship with his lost love. Nate, what do you have? Patch Adams. (laughs) Patch Adams. (laughs) All right, Marie, what do you have?
2: Rain Man.
3: Rain Man.
1: Steve, what have you? Robocop. Robocop for Steve. And Molly? Uh,
3: Cocoon.
1: Cocoon? The answer is obviously Deadpool. So. (laughs) True. Wow, actually... (laughs) Yeah. Dave, how would you like to score that?
6: <laughs> uh, oh my god. Can can you review the the answers again, please?
1: Of course. So the question once again, it's about a cancer survivor who tries to find a cure so he can rebuild his relationship with his lost love. You had Nate with Patch Adams, <laughs> Marie with Rain Man, Steve with RoboCop, and Molly with Cocoon. <laughs>
6: Oh my
3: god.
6: I'm going to give I'm going to give all four of you 5 points.
1: <laughs> 5 across the board. All right. So, our next movie is the story of Midwestern teenagers who finally find the man of their dreams. Steve Red Dawn.
6: <laughs> that was a given. <laughs>
1: All right, once again, it is the story of Midwestern teenagers who finally find the man of their dreams, Marie.
2: Thelma and Louise. <laughs> Brad
1: Pitt's
4: right, dreaming. Nate. Thelma and Louise.
0: Oh, that's so good.
4: Bill and got, Ted's Nate? Excellent Adventures. Oh, come on.
1: All right, and I'm purposely leaving you last, Molly.
0: (laughs) Just think of any movie. Uh,
4: Shawshank Redemption. Obviously, Pinocchio. Pinocchio?
0: (laughs) Obviously. Teenage boy, he went to the donkey.
4: Well,
1: Molly is the closest with the nightmare fuel that is Pinocchio, because the obvious answer about the story of Midwestern teenagers who finally find the man of their dreams is a nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Oh. So. Okay. Man of their... I see what you did there.
5: That's that's clever, Bob. You're getting good at this. Um, so,
0: uh,
1: Dave, how would you like to score this?
6: Can, can you give me a review of the answers again? I
1: will give you a review. We have Steve with Red Dawn. We have Marie with Thelma and Louise. We have Nate with Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, and we
6: have Molly with Pinocchio. <laughs> I, I'm going uh, to give Nate five points because that is... Five points for Nate? All right. The next movie
1: is the story of a woman who learns to love the players but hate the game. Again, it's the story of a woman who learns to love the players but hate the game. Marie, what do you have?
2: The Blind Spot with Sandra Bullock.
1: Blind Spot, which is a much better movie than The Wet Spot. Nate, what do you have? (laughs) Uh, Into the Woods. Into the Woods? (laughs) The happy tale about a guy who died eating potatoes. Uh, Steve, what do you have? Kill Bill. Kill Bill, and I'm gonna take a small pause just to read one more time that it is. What is it? The story of a woman who learns to love the players but hate the game. Who do we have next? Who, who's who? Who have I called Just Think of any on? movie. Um, it's, it's it's obviously. Um, um, oh, Molly.
0: Uh, Aaron Brockovich.
1: Mm. Aaron Brockovich. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, So, the story of a woman who learns to love the players but hate the game is about the Hunger Games. Um, So, very close. You all did very well. So, Dave, we had Marie with The Blind Spot. We had Nate with Into the Woods, um, which I called the wrong movie. So, I apologize for that. Into the Woods is a good movie. We have Steve with Kill Bill. We have Molly with Aaron Brockovich. Dave, how would you like to score?
6: I... I, I need to give Steve points because Kill Bill's awesome. <laughs> let's, take, let's, let's give him four points. Oh, keeping it competitive. Four points I
1: like for it. Steve. I like it. As an aside, I now want to see a mashup of Into the Woods and Into the Wild.
3: Yes. So.
2: Oh, oh, that's what you were right. <laughs> Just
6: don't eat those mushrooms. <laughs>
1: don't eat. No. <laughs> no. All right. Our final movie for Technically Correct is the story of an assistant that escapes just in time after seeing his boss die in a terrorist attack. It's the story of an assistant that escapes just in time after seeing his boss die in a terrorist attack. Steve, what do you have? It's, um... Uh, The Road. (laughs) The Road? Feel-good movie of the year. Um... All right, the road. Marie, what do you have?
2: The Hunchback of Notre Dame.
1: <laughs> hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, so right after the terrorist attack is when he runs in screaming sanctuary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that makes sense. Yeah. Nate, what do you have? Uh, the Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Shawshank
5: Redemption. It's going to come back at least once an episode.
1: Um, which is our perennial first film. Uh, so again, it is the story of an assistant that escapes just in time after seeing his boss die in a terrorist attack. Now let's see, I've called on Nate.
0: It'd be I've called this, on the coach. It's, Bob, it's okay. It is, on... This would be obviously snakes on a plane.
1: Snakes on a plane. That's true. Um, the uh, correct answer about the story of an assistant that escapes just in time after seeing his boss die in a terrorist attack is, of
5: course, Back to the Future. A boss is a stretch, though, Bob. That's a stretch. He works they're, for him. They're just they're just <laughs> friends. They're weird friends that are. He like works for 30 them. Thirty years right. apart. But so, <laughs> Dave, we have uh, Steve with the
1: road. Um, we have Marie with The Hunchback of Notre Dame. We have Nate with Shawshank Redemption. Molly with Snakes on a Plane. How would you like to score?
6: I am. Um, I, Marie's was the only thing even close to being original, so I'm going to give her, her, <laughs> uh, her three points. For, <laughs> and I think it was the Lon Chaney silent edition.
1: Three points for Marie. Three points for Marie. Still
2: in last place. It's fine.
1: (laughs) So, we have our final points. Are you ready? No. And I'm doing this before the moral for a very good reason. Uh Uh-oh. So, at last place is myself with 15 points. Next, we have Marie with a solid 28 leaving us. With a three-way tie between what? Molly, Nate, and Steve, each no. having thirty-three Dave. points.
5: Did you know that, Dave? Oh, he did this intentionally. This whole this whole thing was just a game to him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> I like how
5: he could have done a four-way tie, but <laughs> Maria was just <laughs> too many numbers. So, who likes health and wellness? <laughs> uh, to
1: decide our winner. We will be playing a pickup game of mask charade. For those who have not seen the mask charade segment, um, what happens will Dave secretly told Marie a topic. Marie will then play a game of charades to uh, describe what the name of that topic is. The rest of the faculty, with their blindfolds on, will try to guess based on my poor description of Marie's charades. So. Nate, Molly, Steve, are you ready? Yes. yes. Marie, yes. are you ready? Yes. You may begin. Stop! She's holding her hand up. She's telling stop you not to do Stop in the name of love. Stop Stop hammer time. <laughs> She's. <laughs> we don't know how many words it is. We <laughs> stop guessing. We don't know what the category is. All right, five words.
5: Okay, don't stop believing herself.
1: She's pointing at
3: herself.
0: Me, I. She. Yes, Molly. First word, I. I. What's that? I.
1: I. I is the first word. Oh, okay. I, I believe was.
3: in she's... life
0: after love.
1: She's angry. She's pulling something towards her. I want to she... know what love is. Emoting.
0: She... I want to know what she... love is. I want to rock
5: and
1: roll. She is. Looking at her pinky finger.
0: I lost a pinky.
1: She's counting. She's clutching hands. She's... I want to hold your hand.
3: Yes!
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> is is All that right. it?
2: I was trying <laughs> to say fifth letter. Fifth word. I want to hold, hold your hand. I want
1: to hold your hand was That's, the name of the song. That, that was, means oh. in sudden death, Whoa. our continuing reigning champion unbelievable is coach steve cording i did it again <laughs> i'm the new nate guys all right <laughs> and that leads us to the moral of tonight's broadcast after interviewing dave hearing what he had to say after talking with the faculty and just experiencing tonight the, uh, the moral of the story is clear. When the coach is in a dark room sitting in his gaming chair, if he picks up a ruler, run. Because Steve, our coach, is Attila the Nun.
3: <laughs>
1: Thank you for joining us at Balder Dash Academy. Remember... You can uh, you can tell your friends about us. Find our merchandise on our website. And on behalf of the faculty of Balderdash Academy, we hope that you stick around and see what we do next in our secret little broadcast. Otherwise, have a good night. Class is dismissed. Balderdash Academy was created by Bob LeBlanc and Steve Corning. With writing... By Steve Corning, Nate Green, Bob LeBlanc, Molly McGill, and Marie Stewart Harmon. Find us online at balder-academy.com. Copyright 2020 by Robert J. LeBlanc and Steve Corning. All
6: rights reserved.
0: Go Dashers! Loving what you're hearing? Now imagine if you could actually see Molly's point-winning angry face. Marie's up-close-and-personal lean-in. Nate's... where is he now? Is he in the bathroom still? Steve's coveted sweatband and Bob's juggling of all things tech. Yeah, it gets pretty wild. See all this and more by catching episodes on Balderdash Academy's YouTube channel.